866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, you lucky devil, you. We're celebrating our connection with our pets. Let's go back to the phones. We have Michelle at one 405 8405 Hi, Michelle. Hi, Bear. How are you today? Very good. Where are you? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. How are your pets today? I got Dr. Debbie right here. Um, the only the issue I'm having, we have a lot of them. We have six dogs. We foster a lot. And our latest foster that has come in, she eats everything, not everything, but like she's devoured a half of a rug and swallows it. She doesn't just chew it and throw it out. And wow. one night she regurgitated two huge piles of foam rubber. She yeah. Evidently, it was like she ripped and swallowed. It was in whole pieces. Okay, she wow. Um, any hard rubber toy, she'll eat it and swallow it. So the only thing I'm allowing her to have right now are mylar bones. Okay, and what does she do with those? Oh, she just chews on like the other dogs. Okay, so she doesn't actually ingest pieces of that then? Well, you know, it's, it, I, I, I'm sure she does, but it takes a long time to get a little piece off of it. So, so you it think holds that's up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it holds up very well. Yeah, she doesn't get big chunks. I'm afraid she's going to have an obstruction or something one day. Yeah, and, and how long has she been with you? She's probably been with us maybe um, maybe a month. Okay. And what kind of she's dog also is she? A, uh, she's a part husky. She also is obsessive with licking. Licking uh, herself or licking other things uh, in her uh, environment? Uh, me. Me. My husband. Just, <laughs> and the hands, the legs, the clothes. So this gal, she's got a high oral fixation. So she she um, definitely, and, and huskies have a lot of energy. So we have a couple things that I would really direct you worth working on her. One is that getting her as tired as possible. An exhausted, physically exerted dog is less apt to look to um, behavior issues. Um, they're not as bored. Um, so I really try to get dogs that do this into some very strenuous physical activity, um, playing ball. Um, you know, some dogs do wonderful going to doggy daycare where they interact and run with the dogs all day. Frisbee something where we actually get her and try to just exhaust her um, because then you may not have that same desire to go looking around the environment and picking up and chewing on things. Did you ever catch her actually in the act of yeah. chewing on things? Yeah, and I tell her okay. no. The rug, the rug especially, I'd say probably two, one third, yeah, about a third of it's gone. She'll sneak in there and she'll do it again. And if we catch her, because we, we hear the slurping, and I'll get up and run oh, in there, gosh. and she's in the middle of doing and there are no remnants anywhere. So there's about a third of it's gone, Yeah, and it's just that one rug. It's not okay. every rug in the house, you know. Well, fortunately, because that would be cost a, a mint and uh, carpeting there. Well, I think one big thing then, and it's probably very apparent, is that um, to keep her physically blocked off from that area. Because the more that she has that access and chews on that thing, that creates a sense of a positive reinforcement. She's finding some pleasure in that, uh, whether it's the pleasure of tearing and feeling that on her teeth or if it's just the sense of you catching her and then you yell at her and then she gets some attention in that way. So um, we need to make sure that we don't give her that access and that we don't inadvertently, by yelling at her, make this a, a greater problem and compound that further. You have the right idea with the bones, with the mylar bones. Um, and I would definitely look at you know some of the other types of... Uh, I'm a fan of uh, the compressed rawhides. They're not 
you know, they'll, they'll eat them, but uh, they do last a long time. And especially a dog that has got a, a huge desire to chew gives them an outlet. Um, I always do that supervised, uh, you know, where your, your eye can kind of watch and make sure when it gets down to smaller pieces, they can take that away from them. So those are going to be the strategies that I'd really look at is keeping the access down, getting her physically tired and exhausted, and then giving her that positive direction of what she can chew on um, and seeing if that can kind of tie things together. And then hopefully with a little bit of time and acclimating into the home, she'll follow suit with the other um, pets and, uh, you know, find a nice routine. Um, But you definitely need to nip this in the bud now. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, because she's going to be, she's up for adoption. And, I mean, this is an issue that, you know, you'll have to share with, you know, whoever adopts her. And oh, yeah. So we have, that's why I'm working, you know, trying to work hard on it, trying to, you know, because that's what we do. We bring them in and, and teach them, you know, get along with people and dogs and, you know, live in a house and everything. And, and she's a great dog. Okay, well, you're great. doing a great well, thing, Michelle. Oh, thank well, you. <laughs> good luck with things. I hope things turn around. And uh, if you have a question, give us a call here at Animal Radio, one 405 8405 We've uh, traded, traded dogs. <laughs> you have the stunt chihuahua in your sling right now. It's Animal Radio one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I swear you should have named her Orbit. She spends. She literally spends all of her life around you. This dog. <laughs> what can I say? She loves me. And uh, of it's course, where she wants to be. Hi, Bobby. What do we got coming up in the news this hour? Well, you know what, Judy? We've talked about these specially designed resuscitation masks for animals that have been donated to fire departments across the country. Yes. In the past, I have got a great news story coming up where one of those masks was uh-huh. put to very good use. Ooh. You guys, stay tuned for the news. Let's. Uh, which one? Which, well, they're all. You want to go to three? Let's go to three. We haven't given line three any attention today. I believe we have Linda on it. Hi, Linda. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. Where are you? I am in Phoenix, Arizona. Hmm, Beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. Temperatures in the 70s. I don't want to leave. I'm a truck driver, so I'm just passing through, and I definitely (laughs) don't want to leave. (laughs) I can understand that. Where do you call home? Tennessee. Tennessee, also a nice place, though. Yes, but much colder. Yes, it is. Well, how are the pets? What's going on with the animals? I have a cat that rides in the truck with me. She's uh, about two and a half years old, Millie. She's a tortoiseshell. She was a stray, and um, she has a skin allergy, and I've taken her to the vet. She's been seen um, quite a few times. In fact, we go about every two months for her to get a cortisone shot. Okay. And this this last time she got the shot, it didn't seem to help as much as it has in the past. Her her skin just is very very flaky, even though I brush her all the time, and she she itches so much she she bites at herself. Oh uh, Yeah, that's the the first thing. The second one is she eats only wet uh, dry food. She won't eat any wet food. I even tried; they were super expensive. I tried people food. She only eats dry food, and so when she poops. Um, her poops are like little round marbles. I don't oh, know if that's yikes. related to her, her problems or not. She's the sweetest okay. thing. She looks like a, a big balloon with a small head because of all the, the cortisone, I'm sure. Oh. But the poor thing is so, t- so miserable with, with, with life. <laughs> 
Oh, well, if she's by your side, she can't be that miserable. That's um, true. Now, tell, tell me about what's, what, what is the skin problem that she has, other than the dryness, that, she, that makes you get the steroid shot? The um, vet says that she has, I think it's called rodent lip. Ah, a rodent ulcer. Yes, yes. So that her lip right there underneath her nose, it tucks in. It's like there's skin missing. It gives her the most quizzical look. It's just adorable. <laughs> but, oh, she's talking to me. She wants to come down. Um, she's, but, it, yeah, it's rodent, rodent ulcer. Right. Okay, does she have other spots anywhere on her body, or is it just the lip that she gets? Just the lip. Okay, and that's basically when you kind of look at it, it's almost like someone gave her gave her a fat lip, <laughs> and uh, they're a little bit ulcerated, abraded on the inside of the mouth, and then it's just kind of pooched out and swollen. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, there are some steps we can do, and for pets that don't respond really well to cortisone, one possibility is we can try to mix up the form of the steroid. And I find some dogs do, or some pets do better if uh, we maybe move away from plain old prednisone or methylprednisolone and try a different category, such as triamcinolone. Now, these may not mean anything to you, but in, in the veterinary world, um, you know, there are different products, and we might say, let's try a different one and see if that helps. Um, so that might be something to, to ask your veterinarian if uh, you can switch it up and try a different form of a steroid in a shot. Um, now, there are some pets that steroids don't help and don't do enough, and uh, a couple things that I would work on, and one especially because of the poop uh, balls that you're describing, I would really see about changing her diet um, because rodent ulcers can be a form of an allergic skin disease in, in cats. So we know that allergies can affect the skin, and they can also affect the intestinal tract. So it might be worthwhile to put her on a hypoallergenic diet and maybe go in more with a canned variety because if she does have a tendency towards dry stools and dehydration, I want to get all the extra fluids in her that we can, and a canned product might do that a little bit better. Um, But a lot of good hypoallergenic diets out there. I talked to your veterinarian, but um, we'd want to stick to something that's kind of new for her body, You know, maybe a duck uh, potato-based diet would be good. Sometimes um, some of the rice and uh, whitefish-based diet might be a way to go, um, something like that. Now, the other things that I will do for a pet with a rodent ulcer, and we might be talking about things as simple as flea control to make sure that we don't have any problems with that because a lot of kitties that have um, rodent ulcers can actually have some problems with fleas. So um, make sure you're using a really good regimen with that um, and on some regular programs because especially if you're traveling across state lines, you know, there's always that potential. Right. Now, we, we've been making sure we, we've try to keep on top of that. I haven't seen a single flea on her. Good, good. Now, and then if all of these other remedies aren't working, um, we can add in a medication called cyclosporine. Um, and that would be something that helps to kind of modify her immune system and her response to that. Um, but that would be kind of, I'd say, near my tail end of choices because I think that maybe trying a different steroid and maybe change in diet, I think that would be a very important step. And then, oh my gosh, okay. I almost forgot. I gotta, I gotta ask you about your food bowls. Um, what kind of food bowls are you using for her? What kind of what? Uh, food bowls, uh, like her water and food bowls. Oh, um, we have um, 
stainless steel for the food, and I'm using the plastic part for the water. Okay. Drinks a stainless- lot of water. <laughs> Good. Yeah, she probably needs that. Um, the one one of the big things when we're dealing with rodent ulcers and allergies in cats is that plastics can tend to make some of those issues worse. So I would get rid of the plastic bowl and either go to a ceramic variety or just to get another stainless steel bowl because that can play a role as well. So oh, give okay. that a try. Really well. Okay. Well, very good. Hope that helps her out and gets that lip uh, swelling down there. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Vinnie Penn here, your resident party animal. Are you saying it with me? Let's not mess around here right now. Very enthusiastic about the changing of the guard, uh, the, the whole inauguration thing, watching it. Um, it, it, was, it was just an incredible day, obviously a historical day. But what I'm really waiting on is the dog selection. And I know all of you are, too, because, because you're pet lovers. We heard a lot about it, got a lot of media coverage. What's their dog going to be? What the, the two little girls get to bring a pet into the White House? You know, it's going to be a beagle. And I'm against that, too. I was thinking about it. I'd love it to be kind of a, a hybrid dog we've never heard of before, like a Chihuahuser, half Chihuahua, half Schnauzer, or a Schnoodle. Half, sh- half schnauzer, half poodle. I'd like to be something kind of kooky like that. At first, I thought that, that all this talk about, hey, the Obamas are going to get a dog. They got to bring it. They got to have a pet. It's not the White House without a pet. Every pet has to stain the carpet in Lincoln's bedroom. And I just thought, I mean, is this what we should really be hearing a lot about? But then all of a sudden, I got caught up in it. And I want to see it. I want to know what they're going to get. Oh, and one last thing. I've got a name. They should name it Palin. Palin the pop? I think I think it's all. You tell me. Vinny Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live green is best for you, your family, and that includes your pets. Listen closely. Did you hear that? That's the sound of peace of mind. Peace of mind that comes in convenient, pre-measured packets of Safeguard K9 Dewormer. Just sprinkle the granules on your dog's food twice a year to protect him against the major types of canine intestinal worms. Monthly heartworm prevention programs alone are not enough. Find out how to get the upper hand on intestinal worm infections by visiting www.safeguardfordogs.com. When I went looking for a quality, allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and most importantly made sure it drove our dogs taste buds crazy here's the lowdown canine caviar is holistic allergen free with raw dehydrated meats herbs fish oil and flaxseed for health and joint support good food for roscoe from a company i can trust ask your pet store for canine caviar learn more at caninecaviar.com animal radio is being brought to you by the american red cross providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love for more information, visit redcross.org or petcentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. 
The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by AFS, real food for real pets. Visit AFS online at animalfood.com. Hey, this is Cesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And don't forget your dream team of experts, Dr. Debbie, working her way into the studio right now to answer your uh, vet questions. Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard following right behind her, as well as Vinnie Penn, Joy Turner, Susan Sims, Dr. Jim Humphreys, Britt Savage, and the only one in place right now is Bobby Hill. You're always here. You were, you're one of those kids that got to school early, didn't you, Bobby? <laughs> no, it's because I get here because I know that I'm going to get tipped a dollar if I show up on time every day, and the other guys haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> Shh, I can't afford it. one 405 I don't know if you remember Greatest American Dog, Wendy Diamond was one of the judges, and of course she's the uh, editor-in-chief yes, yes. of Animal Fair Magazine, and she's on with us. Hi, Wendy. Hello. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, you sound so cheery and excited. Always, always, always. Now, I understand that the Obamas are going to wait until, is it March, we believe, until they get their dog? Yeah, that is the word. That is the word. The Obamas have, but they have narrowed their search to rescuing a Portuguese water dog or a Labradoodle. Ooh, okay. I didn't hear that. Wow. Yeah, now why is this? Well, why is this? Because they feel, you know, like all pet parents should take their time in figuring out what dog is right for their lifestyle, their family. And I think that this is puts a precedent on everybody who's looking to adopt a dog or get a dog is that they really took the time out. They looked at their children. One of their children is allergic to dogs. They really wanted a hypoallergenic dog. Then President Obama said, you know, I don't want a little dog. So he had a, like, you know, so there goes the Maltese's, you know, I didn't let Lucky know that, but there goes the Maltese's <laughs> and all, a lot of the little dog, little um, hypoallergenic dogs, and has left him to kind of choosing the Portuguese water dog or a Labradoodle that are fun, they're big dogs, they're amazing with children, they're amazing with people, so there's not going to be another one of those Barney situations of going after a reporter. And so I think that, you know, he did a great job in narrowing his sh- search. Now, how big, how big will this dog get? Oh, boy. You know, those guys can range. They range I would, you know, I'd go about 40 to 60 pounds. Okay, so a big dog. Now, will this uh, dog have his own, uh, I don't know, entourage? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. I can tell you that the, that dog will have its own personal trainer, that own, their own personal dog walker. Yeah. I think that dog will have its own personal groomer. Well, Mrs. Obama seems pretty grounded. I think she's going to make the girls pick up the poop. I don't know if the dog's going to have its own personal. Oh no, no, no. I think I would agree with you absolutely. I think that 
you know, it's very important for those girls to understand it's a responsibility to have a dog and you have to take care of them, you have to clean after them, you have to feed them, you have to play with them. Let's hope, you know, President Obama gets some time with that dog as well. <laughs> would you say this is probably going to be the most famous dog in, uh, well, in presidential history as we know? I would, I would, I would say so. Absolutely. At least the most, the, the, the dog that gets the most PR ever. You know, I can imagine whatever dog they choose is going to become the most popular dog in America. Everybody's going to want one. Mm. Well, you know, I hope that everyone kind of doesn't get one because President Obama gets one. I think it's important for people to realize that a dog is a responsibility, and you need to make sure you can handle that responsibility. Now, they say there's no real such thing as a hypoallergenic dog. That is correct, by the way. That is absolutely correct. That a hypoallergenic you know, what's really important is a person, whoever's considering adopting or getting a dog that's hypoallergenic, to spend time with that breed. Because some are more, you know, have more dander than others. But there is no 100% non-allergic dog. I'm thinking it's, it'll be a week after they get the dog, he'll have a book deal. He'll have everything. Procter & Gamble deal. will be sending things to him. Oh, uh, well, listen, I don't think the dog will have a book deal because I've yet to meet a dog that could write. But I will say that whatever dog that is will be bigger than any best in show dog. Oh, definitely. And by the way, if he gets a hypoallergenic dog, I bet you the AKC will then consider that dog a pedigree. Wow. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Barney write a, a book? Didn't he have a book deal? Uh, Barney uh, was, I think what happened was, I think that... Um, Laura Bush actually wrote a children's book based on Barney. Oh, That okay. was what it was. You might be thinking of But, you know, listen, if you have a hypoallergenic dog, there are a lot of ways for you to make your house more pet-friendly and have less hair. And what are those ways? Well, first off, like anything, you know, it's important, you know, when you take your dog out, right, and you take them out to the dog park or you take them out on the streets, it's important to make sure you clean their paws. Well, a little warm water and, and a cloth and wipe their paws. You're going to get the dirt out. It's going to keep the place a little bit cleaner. Another really funny thing that people probably don't even realize is that do you know that if you put a, a sheet of bounce fabric softener in your dryer, it repels pet hair on yeah. your clothes? I didn't. Bobby, did you know that? I, wow. That's why I use it. That, and it really <laughs> does work. It helps repel pet hairs. It, it really does. money on lint rollers. You don't need to buy because, lint rollers. That's it, because we all, with pets, we all know we all have a, a year's supply of lint rollers in our home. <laughs> exactly, but now if you get the balance, you're going to have your fabric, your, clean, your clothes are going to smell better, and it's going to help repel pet hair, which is an amazing thing. And you can save money on the lint rollers. But we all know, like, our dogs love to lay in our favorite blanket, and next thing you know, there's oh, all yeah. this hair. I mean, you throw your blanket in the, in the dryer with the bounce, and next thing you know, it's not repelling all that pet hair. So that's another way of doing, you know, having it. Also, you know, like in the economy with what's going on now, there's a lot of other ways you could save money. I mean, right now, like what does everybody do? But they're giving up their pets, right? And it's like there's an influx in shelters. But there's ways that people can actually absolutely save money. And I think people don't realize if you buy in bulk, Instead, go to PetSmart and buy your 40-pound bag of dog or cat food. You will save 50% on an 8-pound bag. There's Lucky. She's very excited about this. Lucky Diamond. If you buy a 40-pound bag, let's say, at a PetSmart or whatever store, 
you will save 50% on the amount of dog or cat food versus if you buy an eight-pound bag. You just have to make sure that you store it properly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's another really big thing is you got to store it properly. You know, get uh, some uh, lid that conceals it so that it doesn't get a lot of air in there and doesn't get stale. You know, and also if you have a little dog that doesn't eat that much, you can go in with a friend or neighbor who has a little dog. Oh, and like co-op. Split a co-op, yeah, yeah. And that way you don't exactly. have to... exactly yeah. And, you know, another thing is people should not skimp on going to the vet. No matter what, you should take your dog or cat to the vet once a year just to make sure on future health costs that your pets are happy and healthy and have no medical issues. Because it could cost you more in the long run if you don't. And then listen, if you can't afford the gym, walk your own dog. Hey! Get out there! Get they your- love to smell and get fresh air and everything like that. So it's And it gives you exercise as well. So it's a great way to have exercise and spend more time with your animals. Get your lazy butt off the couch right now and go exactly. walk your dog. Which is a nice way of saying it, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, are you going to be back for another season of Greatest American Dog? Oh, we're waiting to hear. We're waiting to hear. To hear. Keep us posted, of course, Animal Fair Magazine. Get it where? Just about oh anywhere. Barnes & Noble, Petco, PetSmart. And this issue we've got an exclusive with the most eligible pets. And you can see, if you get the latest issue, who is the most eligible pet of 2009. As well as we have a great calendar with a lot of celebrities. And it's a calendar we did with Pedigree to raise money for animal rescue. Most eligible pet oh, for who? Nice. I don't get that whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Our readers did... A survey, uh-huh. and we have uh, come up with the most, the ten most eligible pets of 2009. Okay, Wendy, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much. If you guys want any more information, just go to dearlucky.com. Dearlucky.com, of course. Lucky, Lucky Diamond. Uh, lucky Diamond, absolutely. A rescued Maltese hypoallergenic dog. And we'll link to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. We have more Animal Radio on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. For more than 30 years, human doctors have used various types of surgical lasers to help people heal faster and with less pain. But it's only been within the past 10 years that veterinarians have started utilizing the same technology, providing a similar level of comfort for their patients. Using a laser during surgery instead of a scalpel blade provides many advantages to the surgeon. First, the precision nature of lasers enables the veterinarian to finely tune the amount of tissue affected by the surgery. This reduces damage to the surrounding area. Second, lasers will help control bleeding by sealing off many tiny capillaries and vessels that may leak during normal surgeries. Third, lasers help reduce the amount of swelling that's associated with any sort of surgery. Lasers vaporize cells, so bacteria that could start an infection will also be vaporized, helping to minimize the potential of postoperative infections. And finally, lasers reduce the amount of pain involved in surgeries by actually sealing the ends of nerves of the affected tissues. This stops the pain impulse and will actually help the pet heal faster. With all these advantages, many more veterinarians have started to offer the choice of laser surgery for their patients. 
for most veterinarians, using the laser during routine spay or neuter can help minimize the swelling and discomfort that many pets might experience. But beyond routine surgeries such as that, there are a multitude of other procedures that benefit with the use of lasers in surgery. Any oral surgery will actually go smoother with a laser because there's less bleeding. Cosmetic surgeries, such as repairing constricted nostrils in a pug type of breed, also benefit because of the precise nature of that laser. Lasers have been used to remove anal sacs in dogs who experience trouble expressing them. Beyond all these wonderful advantages, the laser does have a single major drawback. For some veterinarians, the cost of purchasing a laser is just out of reach. But many veterinarians are finding that the numerous benefits of laser surgery far outweigh the cost. For those clients whose veterinarians have purchased a laser to help provide a more human-like level of care, you might expect the surgical invoices to increase a little bit. From the routine surgeries to repairing hereditary abnormalities, lasers are helping veterinarians keep their patients healthy and happy. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. Hello, this is Don DeLuise and you're listening to Animal Radio. Love your pets, they'll always love you back. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. One of the country's biggest pet food manufacturers is putting its money where its mouth is, literally. Nestle Purina wants senior citizens to improve their overall health by adopting a pet, and the company is donating up to $50 towards the process. Purina quotes studies showing seniors lower their blood pressure and stress simply by owning a pet. And Purina has decided to give $50 to adoptees 60 and older at any participating animal shelter, and they're not delineating as to what that pet can be. It can be a cat or a dog or a bunny or a horse, whatever. That's, that's awesome. Contact your, I know. Contact your local animal shelter. They'll probably be participating. And likewise, a recent online survey has showed smokers were much more likely to quit once they found out that the secondhand smoke was dangerous to their pets. The research by the Henry Ford Health System in Detroit showed almost 30% of smokers surveyed were motivated to quit after learning of the health danger to pets. Previously published evidence has shown a convincing link between secondhand smoke and certain cancers in cats and dogs, allergies in dogs, and skin and eye diseases in birds. And there have been several stories about the specially designed masks used to resuscitate animals uh, in the fires at homes being given to fire departments across the country. Well, firefighters in San Clemente, California, put one of those masks to good work recently when a fire broke out in a mobile home. The residents were able to escape the blaze, which fire crews put out quickly. But once on the scene, firefighters had to rescue a dog and two cats. One of the cats was brought out and it wasn't breathing. The crew used special tools to successfully resuscitate the cat, according to the Orange County Register. The other animals were not injured. The residents were being assisted by the Red Cross. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution, with a tip for pet messes. For liquid spills or urine stains, blot up the excess by starting on the outside of the stain, then move toward the center of the affected area. This will prevent the stain from spreading.
1-866-405-8405. The whole gang is here. Dr. Debbie answering your medical questions. Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Vinnie Penn, animal communicator Joy Turner. And Su- Susan Sims. Oh, you got the list, too? Travel talk. No, I've got it in my head. Okay. And she has giveaways today, by the way. Uh, Bobby Hill with your news in a few minutes. Britt Savage and Dr. Tim Humphreys. Wow. Are they all get a paycheck? Do they all get a paycheck? Because I don't. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? This is Beth Mummert, and I'm calling from Bentonville, Arkansas. Hi, Beth. Hi. How can we help you today? Well, I have uh, I have three cats, but my favorite cat is seven years old, uh, neutered male, uh, has never been outside, and. Um, he does have FIV, tested positive for FIV, mm-hmm. okay. uh, which I don't think has it. My, my vet here says it doesn't have anything to do with it. So, But what he's doing, and he started a few months ago, is when he's resting or sleeping, he'll, he'll make it, he'll groan. He'll go, mm. And then for a while, it was that, and he wouldn't open his eyes. And then as time has gone by, it's it's longer is and then his eyes will open he doesn't get up and move though okay Okay. one time when i took him i took him to the vet about that and she took you know blood tests and everything and he seems to be fine so she's thinking maybe it's something in his head but then one time i was working on my computer and he's always around me and he was snoozing really well and all of a sudden he just bolts upright and he hisses like something hurt him okay okay and then that was it i took him back again then we ran more tests and that's when i found out that he tested positive for the fib uh and i he does during the daytime he acts fine uh he's not a very active cat never has been uh, but he doesn't do it when he's awake and walking around, nor does he seem like he hurts. And I don't know how to tell if it, how or when a cat is hurting or what this sure. might be coming from. Now, have you ever tried while he's making the noise to, to rouse him and to awake him, see what he does? He just opens his eyes and looks at me, and then he goes right back to sleep. Okay. Sometimes um, he, he will move his feet a little bit, so I thought, well, maybe it was dreaming, but I'm not, it's, it's just Yeah. Different. Well, I think, Beth, we have kind of two different things here to address. One is that he tested positive for FIV, which is feline immunodeficiency virus. Right. Um, and it's, it's in the class of retroviruses, kind of like in the group where we have the human HIV right. virus. Um now the tricky thing with that is a pet can test positive for HIV, or I'm sorry, for FIV, and not necessarily be truly uh, clinical with the disease. We we so, took blood samples and sent them off to Colorado, and had them tested because he had when we when we got him he was tested for FIV he did not have it and he got mm-hmm. shots. My old vet sold his practice to someone who I did not realize he was giving not giving them the FIV shots, but they don't work half the time anyway, so I don't know if that makes much difference. Yeah, that's a whole controversy we could touch upon there. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, uh, we could send the, the the blood to Colorado, the University of Colorado, I think it is, and they do these tests where it doesn't matter. They go around it somehow. But And the results came back weekly positive. 
Mm, I don't okay. know what weakly positive means. Yeah, and so there might still be some room for interpretation on that. The the challenge is that if if cats are vaccinated for FIV, it does interfere with the quickie tests that most veterinarians use in their in their offices. Right. And the vaccine, for, while it may be useful in maybe 80% of cats, it isn't necessarily uh, a standard choice for the average indoor cat, mostly right. for cats that are in high-risk groups, outdoor cats, cats that might be out fighting, male neut- unneutered cats are probably the highest uh, pr- proportion of the population. So um, I guess some of that is well, maybe we do have FIV, maybe we don't. And I'm assuming he's in good health. He hasn't had any of the common FIV-related infections, respiratory, um, any kind of urinary infections, mouth infections, anything like that? But, no, he did have an infection not too long ago while I was out of town. I had to take him to a different vet. And mm-hmm. he was running 105 fever. Oh, and cow. He, yeah. And he was That's not very respectable well fever in the cat world. Huh? <laughs> That's a very respectable fever in the cat world. Yes. And he, he was not feeling well. He, when he walked, he was slinking. Okay. So going back to your, what you're seeing with his sleeping, um, there are some possibilities there. With FIV, we know that it's a what we call a neurotropic virus. So it does tend to go to some of the neuro, neurological tissues. And we can see some problems with some uh, seizure-related disorders, things like that associated with FIV. However, if this is ex- exhibited only while he's sleeping, we may fall into a category of either a, a you know a very active REM type sleep, um, or there's even some kind of a, uh, kind of narcolepsy, what we call REM behavior disorders. And it, some of the cats that do this, it's really quite freaky to watch them because they will jump up in the middle of their sleep, they'll scratch at things, they can even bite people. And it, it's actually more of a sleep disorder and not a seizure. So that's the tough thing is making that determination if we think it's a seizure or sleep disorder. And the best way that I, I recommend to figure that out is to try to wake them up while they're doing it and just keep your hands safely far away. But um, a pet that is having a seizure, when you try to wake them up during one of these sleep episodes, they'll still be kind of out of it, maybe a little wobbly, not quite coherent. And that behavior continues on for a few minutes. If you shake your kitty after he's doing this, he wakes up, he looks at you and says, what the heck are you doing? I was in the middle of a great nap. There's catnip right there and he goes uh, on with his regular uh, behaviors or even back to sleep, then you're probably dealing with a behavior disorder there. And the trick is, is if we make that diagnosis, um, you know, there's unfortunately not a lot of things we can do. Um, One would be to make sure we pad where he sleeps um, so we don't have potential for injury or uh, disturbing or injuring himself in any way. The other is sometimes for kitties with sleep disorders, we will try some anti-anxiety medicines or maybe even a, a, a type of a tranquilizer before bed. But in most cases, if they're not harming themselves, I'm just going to tell you, just kind of bundle them up, make sure he's safe, and uh, know that it's not anything serious for him. Okay. Then, uh, then the other question that I have that goes along is because I worry that he's hurting. How, mm-hmm. how can you tell if a cat hurts? Well, the big thing is whether he's alert and awake um, or not. If he's asleep... Um, I don't believe that he's, he's actually in pain. Now, if he's um, aware and it's a matter of kind of being in a twilight point, um, you know, that's a little bit hard to say. Um, cats are not the best to show their discomfort and their pain. Um, I've seen cats with 
teeth falling out of their heads with oral pain and, and they just don't complain. So part of it is I look at it the everyday life. Um, you know, are we moving around well, getting into the litter pan okay, jumping up to the regular types of uh, places in the home that your kitty might be, uh, you know, hanging out and looking out the window. If those type of things are going well, appetite's good, then I'm going to have a hard time convincing myself that what he's doing when he's sleeping is, is a, you know, a pain response in some way. Okay, okay. All right, well, that's, that's I, I appreciate that because I keep, you know, since he does sleep with me, at night, uh, he, um, uh, it, it, I see it all the time. I have found because my vet did an X-ray on his on him and said he has a little bit of arthritis. So I'll put a heating pad in the bed and some covers over it. And if I put mm-hmm. him on that, I find that he doesn't groan as much. And, and that might be something just to kind of even make him sleep and sleep in a little bit easier there. So yeah, that and as well as kitties, you can give glucosamine for arthritis. So you can consider that. Um, try that. But I think Beth, uh, you know, you've got a, a, a kind of interesting sleeping kitty there. Uh, just keep your toes safe, keep the covers over them, and uh, uh, have a good one today. Thank you so much for your call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio one eight six six four zero five. 8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Ever dream of a home free from pet stains and odors? Haven't we all? Now defending your dream is easier with Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. The new and improved Rapid Response Formula works faster and better at complete and permanent stain removal. This new bacterial and enzyme formula is more powerful and more effective for those tough pet stains like urine, feces, and vomit. Your dream is our reality. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Hi, I'm Vladi. Let me introduce to you the new concept to the real pet food, AFS. AFS is a true miracle meal. All natural ingredients, 100% complete and balanced. No artificial flavors, no coloring, no fillers, no gluten, and absolutely no preservatives. Discover what the magic of the real meat can do for your pet's health. Visit AnimalFood.com. Okay, time to check out that website I heard about, www.safeguardfordogs.com. There it is. Hi, I'm Don. The virtual host is a nice touch. It looks like these links and videos cover everything a dog owner might want to know about intestinal worm infections and how to prevent them. Hmm, here's a savings coupon for Safeguard K90 Wormers and even an online reminder service. Better bookmark this one, www.safeguardfordogs.com. It's Animal Radio, one 405 I want to have a happier dog this year, Vladi. I'm hoping you can help me with that. 
Exactly. I mean, we're buying the expensive gifts and uh, we're buying the expensive food and treats and uh, it's okay. And kissing and hugging, we humans believe that's what will make our dogs be happy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's okay if we're going to balance with something which would make our dogs be happy. And two simple things will make your dogs be happiest pets in the world. Number one, I would like you to be leader of the pack. I would like you to be the boss for your pet. You know, as the humans, we hate those bosses. You know, they always give the directions and oh, yeah. would do it. Why, why are you guys looking at me? You know. <laughs> we didn't name names. We didn't name it, yes. But the dogs, they lo- they're pack-oriented species. They love if somebody will take, in, uh, take a charge and shows them what they're supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do. And giving them too much responsibilities to bark when somebody knocks the door, you know, where to pee, where to put all this type of the things which you're giving them, putting them in decision-making positions uh-huh. will make them be less happy. Look at the doggy mama. She always tell the kids, uh, you know, what is the right is, what is the wrong is. She has a two expressions. She has the tongue to lick and teeth to bite. And the puppy <laughs> and the puppy follow the mom and they're happy about it because mom makes the decisions for them. Uh-huh. So that's uh-huh. what important things for the people to understand. Number two is meet the dog's major needs. A lot of people believe that dogs have just two two needs. Pee and poop. Pee and poop. No, the dogs have a lot of more needs. And the major from them is physical, mental, and social. Physical. Get this dog in your backyard or in your basement if you don't live in California. I never even believe it. California doesn't have a basement. <laughs> People don't even know what it is. No. You know. But, you know, get your dog outdoors. Make your dog run back and forth without stopping. Taking your dog for a walk is not meeting their needs. If you have a sporting breeds like Labrador Retriever or, or Golden, those dogs can be running all day long in the field, come back to you with the bloody paw, hopefully not, look in your face and say... <laughs> What we're going to do next. You, but you can meet their physical needs very easily by having some toys or sticks or balls and toss them back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, constantly changing directions and speed. Ten minutes, two times per day. That's more than enough. That's fine. Yeah, uh-huh. But they need to run back and forth without stopping. That's the key. Is. That's the secret is. Number two, mental needs. I really wanted to do something with the dog's mind. Mm-hmm. I want to do obedience training. One minute sit stay takes as much energy as one mile to run from the dog's body and mind. That's hard to so, believe. That's that's truth. You can you can. Uh, it's you can, me, me too. Do this extra. Really oh. <laughs> you can put him in this state for one minute. You will see. <laughs> you know. So in other words, if you will absorb that physical energy from the dog's body and mental energy from the dog's mind, the dog's going to be tired. Tired dog is the good dog. Tired kids sleep well. Yes. You know, and the good dog, problem-free dog. And as the last, it is the social needs. Listen, people, if you train your dog properly, and if your dog is physically tired, you can take your dog with you, and he can enjoy your life, and you can take him and trust him in any, in any, um, in, in, in any environment. Instead of him be prisoner in our household or uh, in our backyard under 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 arrest, I would love the people follow the rules and as the result of that have the pets where the pets can be acceptable member of the family, loving member of the family where they can enjoy that relationship everywhere they go. This is the Vladi from Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people. 
too. On any given afternoon, neighbors might see David Valentine and his two goats jumping up and down on his backyard trampoline, and it's got them hopping mad. Twelve-year-old David has lots of animals: dogs, cats, guinea pigs, rabbits, a turtle, a parrot, and a gerbil. But it's the trampoline jumping goats that seem to help him manage his attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. David's family is now fighting the neighbors and the town zoning law in court. David's mom calls the goats a miracle and a gift from God. David thinks the goats motivate him more than the other pets because they're like a kid with ADHD. They don't listen very well. That's kind of like me, he said. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And don't forget, Vladi, the world famous Russian dog wizard, answering your dog behavior questions. Doctor Debbie, answering your medical questions. Vinnie Panbrit Savage, Susan Sims, with Fido Friendly Travel Talk, Animal Communicator Joy Turner. Uh, Dr. Jim, who am I forgetting? I always do this. <laughs> I think you Why doesn't someone just make me a list? Yes, we that should. would make it so much simpler. And on the phones, I know we have Jana. Hi, Jana. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Where are you? Um, Big Water, Utah. Oh, near Kanab, where we used to yes. be. What station are you listening on? Um, well, I was listening on the pay station, but they... Uh, they don't play it anymore, do they? Yeah, and I'm kind of upset about that. Yeah, you can give them a call. You know, it comes out of St. George, and of course, we're on XM Satellite Radio, too. But how, oh, okay. can, how can we help you today? What's, what's going on with your pets? Well, I have a, a bunch of kitties. I have a foster parent for uh, cats and feral cats. But I have three of my indoor kitty cats, and they're Angora Siamese. And they have body, they, it started out with ear mites, but they have uh, what's called mange mites. And it's um, where they get, uh, they start eating it so bad, they scab up, and then they start, they lose their hair and everything. I have one that looks like a leopard appaloosa. What is that, Doc? Um, well, there's lots of different types of mites, but um, there's the classification of ear mites, and then there's kind of like body mites, and sometimes there's a crossover between these, but there are microscopic critters that live in or on the skin Ooh. and cause itchiness and hair loss, and they can be really challenging as far as in for some cats, and if you've got a, quite a, a household there, if you've got quite a few cats, then do the kitties go outside or are they just inside? Well, mine are inside, but what happened was that some of the ones we adopted to, um, you know, give out for adoption, they came inside. And it seems to afflict the ones that are mostly white, but I, it got my um, inside cat that's totally been inside all the time and hasn't been around him, and she got him somehow. Mm-hmm. And I tried bathing. Bathing them? Yeah, what were you bathing them with? Um, it was a flea rid for mites and this and that and shampoo. Then I got okay. the powder for body mites and ear mites, and then the so you know the stuff that they put in their ears also. It's a real okay. problem because I'm fighting it hard. First question here is going to be: Do we have a specific? Because there's a lot of different types of mites. Do you have a specific diagnosis from your veterinarian? No. Okay, because that might be important in deciding which products are going to be the most efficacious for you. Um, uh-huh. Because ear, ear mites, um, a lot of times we'll use topicals where you put the drops in the ears. Um, I'm actually a fan of ear mites treating with a product called Revolution. 
ointments, and uh-huh. that's the spot-on product that you apply elsewhere to the body, not to the ears. Um, but that can be useful for ear mites and some other types of mites as well. Um, okay. But I, I think it's going to be real important to get uh, what we call a skin scraping so we can identify uh-huh. the mite that you have um, because sometimes I'll use products that are uh, lime sulfur-based dips, and we'll be talking about dipping all your kitties on a, on a protocol. So um, before we kind of go down uh, a lot of heavy-duty um, medications or dips, I want to make sure we've got the right diagnosis for your babies. Um, also because things like ringworm in cats can uh, cause a lot of the same kind of hair loss patterns that you can see with some really bad mange-type signs. Um, uh-huh. So that that too would be important is to get um, a culture for ringworm, which isn't actually a worm, it's a fungus. Um, So that too will be very important because I think that um, with all these different kitties, you'll go broke trying to keep trying all these different products and, um, you know, over-the-counter medications may be useful if we get a diagnosis, but I I would be very hesitant to, you know, keep hitting them with flea and tick products and things like that without knowing exactly which one we've got. Exactly. Have you had some just, newer cats that have come in and, and brought this that you think? Yes, I, that's what I think happened. Okay, and are they all scratchy and itchy, or is anybody, no, are they just... different. It seems like it affects, this is really weird, the ones that are white in color. And do they have any sores? Yeah, because they start itching them so bad and, and pulling them out, the scabs out, then they get sores. And I was, I, I was thinking about, like, trying to apply maybe furazone, but I don't know if that's good for cats. And the first thing, I, it's so important that we find out exactly what they got. And it's really not that hard, um, as far as not that my job isn't hard, but as a veterinarian, when we diagnose skin mites, um, it's a pretty simple process. You scrape a little bit of the surface skin, we put it on a, a microscope slide, look under the microscope, and we can tell you as far as what we've got and which way we're going to need to go. So I think that's going to be really important here, Jenna, and I encourage you to really do that before you keep self-treating these kitties, because I think we can yeah. really get ourselves into a corner where we think we haven't treated it effectively and we might just not have the right product. Right. So, um, I have a silly question. How do you dip a cat because they just, when they go by water? <laughs> that, that would make a great cartoon. Uh, let's uh, show a video of dipping a cat. Um, you know, it, it can be done. Um, I usually recommend smaller enclosed areas, more as such as a, um, a sink versus a bathtub for cats. Um, exactly, so utility yeah. room sinks are nice. Um, I actually know groomers who use some different types of products where they kind kind of help keep the kitty confined in the area. And it's tough, but um, it, it may be a two-person job for some cats to really effectively get them treated. And we always start from the head and work our way down, avoiding the eyes and avoiding the nose. So we want to make sure we don't get any of that bad product in their eyes. Well, hope that helps you out some, Jana, and uh, let me know how that works out for your scratching kitties. We want to get them feeling comfortable very soon. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. Give me a call, 1-866-405-8405. This is... Animal Radio Network. Seven years of hard work all down the drain, down the toilet. And seriously, who would even touch a bag marked lizard poo? Apparently that was the big mistake he made. 
77 pounds of lizard poop. Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. Back in Michigan or in Russia, we had uh, snow and <laughs> year-round. Like and here uh-huh. it's just, you know, 70 degree right now. It's Lottie, is this, is this your first? <laughs> it is. It is. It's a trip. It is. Yeah. It's uh, going to be very, very special for him. Big changes. There you go. But you'll get used to it, trust me. As a girl from Chicago and Minneapolis, it's much better to be or Are here. you from Chicago? Oh, yeah. It gets real cold there. I love to call my relatives when it's, you know, about 75, sunny here. I love I mean, you. I look at the Weather Channel, my favorite channel, and it's 20 below with the wind chill coming off the lake. And I call them and I go, hi, I'm sitting out back in shorts. What are you guys doing? I love your accent. And now I believe you are from Michigan or from Chicago area. Do you know the Barack Obama, the president? Did you know him? You know, sadly, and, and thank you for pointing out, Vlade, I'm too old to know him. But thank you. You knew Clinton, though, didn't you? Didn't you go out for a while? Uh, anyway, Better than saying, you knew Jefferson, didn't you? <laughs> uh, Vladi's in studio. Of course, a lot of people, we actually get a lot of people, they say, is Vladi an actor? Is he really a Russian guy? Is it Hal? Because we never hear Vladi and Hal talk at the same time. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, go ahead, yes, talk. I am. I am. I'm I, not the blah, 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 I can throw my voice like that. Vlade will be answering your behavior questions up next right here at one 405 Bobby, what do you have coming up in the news? Something about adopting koalas for 40 bucks? It could, in fact, be a great last-minute gift, and it goes to a very good cause. It is Adopt a Wild Koala. I'll have it coming up in the news. <laughs> your dog's asleep. I don't know if I should take that personally. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's Animal Radio, and we're celebrating our connection with our pets. Now, I know you make some dog food, and I encourage listeners that are making their own dog food or want to even try it, go check out this video that Judy did. You had fun doing that, huh? I did, and you know, it's such an ego booster when your dog actually eats it. It's at that moment you're standing there with that food that you prepared. And is she going to eat it? And she licked the bowl clean. You're not even a cook. No, I don't even go in the kitchen. So. You did it. You're not cooking for the hell. How do you cook for your dog? Because it's probably a little portion. It's important. But the reason I brought that up is because you use turkey, which has tryptophan. Uh-huh. And is that why your dog's asleep? That's why she's asleep. Yeah, she's turkeyed out. Honestly, in Europe, oh. that's very popular. We never used, basically, kibbles. We always cooked. Oh, wow. Which is good and much healthier that way. Check out the video. Head on over to AnimalRadio.com and uh, watch Judy mess up the Animal Radio kitchen. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay, here it is. The British vets, they've put together a list of the 10 weirdest items eaten by pets. Uh, organization As called in the... swallowed. Yes, 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 yes. This list... Just compiled includes a 10-inch tent peg. Mm. How can... Yeah. Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. A yeah. kitchen knife. And Ouch. this... Yeah, this is... I remember Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald from um, uh, Emergency Vets. He came on. He said this is the one thing that he's removed from a stomach was a, a, a steak, steak knife. knife. Yes. Oh, my God. They love the taste of it. They, and they it has the juices apparently. of the meat on there, and they eat it. How about alphabet fridge magnets? <laughs> I just imagine a whole country of Brits. What did it spell? Yeah. yeah. 
Do you have any alphabet image magnets on your not refrigerator? Not at this time. I have in my of, life. And now, ago. here's a hint to all the dog owners. Make sure that your fridge magnets are above and out of dog reach. There you go. I bet that dog was the crazy Labrador tree. Probably. Yes. <laughs> How about a man's wig? That that appears on the list of the number Isn't five. to pay. Yes. <laughs> what about woman's penny? Uh, this says, well, that's very interesting that you just said that because uh, that's I'm, next on the list. The pantyhose. <laughs> and and Ann uh, Summers underwear. Now, I guess Ann Summers is a brand, Judy. Do you uh, know? I've never or heard of that. Or maybe a person? Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Could be a British thing. Yes. Number nine, socks. Number ah. ten, a rubber duck. See, now, oh, no. now, socks made the number one list before. Yes. Uh, and it Used number, socks? Used socks. Yes. Mm. Let me explain it why. <laughs> Somebody has to talk about it. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And it's delightful to be back in studio. Quite a trip, huh? Yeah, well, it's the longest that I've been in one place with Vlade. Sorry. The world-famous Russian dog wizard. He's pretty exciting, isn't he? He is. He is. He's nonstop, huh? I was afraid he was going to rub off on me. That was my biggest fear. Oh, God help us, no. And your dog, as I come back, I see your dog is uh, back from the veterinarian after being spayed. You, uh... Well, you had quite an issue with that there, Judy, huh? Yeah, you know, females, they have a tough time with it, and she had a little setback. And, Did she? What happened? Oh, part of her stitches were really tight, and she started Ooh. picking at them and bleeding, so I had to take her back to the vet, and they actually loosened them, but then they put a band around her, a bandage, and it was really a tight. tight bandage? Yeah, her little belly was just puffing Aww. out, and when she ate, she looked like she was going to pop. Well, so. let me say that she looks wonderful now. She's definitely recovered. She's... Uh, <laughs> She's actually back to her old Diablo self. Yes, I'm having a hard time trying to keep her contained here. And uh, you should put her in the sling or something like that. Yeah. What do you have for us in the news this hour, Bobby? Judy, we have a very unusual break-in that occurred at the Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens. I have details for you coming up in the news. Uh, the phones are open. Dr. Debbie is here to answer your questions at one 405 Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Vinny Penn uh, is here with us. Uh, Joy Turner, animal communicator. Susan Sims, Bobby Hill with news. I understand she has uh, news about the... Do we... Oh, Big news. A, Some, must be good. Say, yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> something from Consumer Reports about dog food, dog food and cat food. And you'll want to be listening for that. Also, Dr. Jim Humphreys and Britt Savage all here uh, at your beck and call. one 405 And I think, uh, see, I have the names right. I believe we have Jeremy online for. Hi, Jeremy. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you guys doing today? Good. Where are you? I am in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, nice place. Well, you're on with Dr. Debbie. What do you got going on with you? Uh, well, my dog, Nitro, I found him as a stray at the drag strip. That's how I got his name. <laughs> but um, he is a Border Collie mix. And what my issue is with him, he's a spinner. And we don't know if it's because he needs something to do at the house, you know, as far as the job goes, or if he's just got some kind of neurotic issues that we need to take care of. <laughs> So when you say spinning, we're not talking he's not going to a biking class. He's actually, like, going in circles then. <laughs> I thought it was oh, like I'm one of the Motown spinners. Yeah, but okay, yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> no, um, actually, you know, he can do it on command. If I say the word go, it's, you know, he starts spinning. Sometimes it's a funny trick, but, you know, I don't know. Wow. You know, we're, we're trying to get him to stop, but yet, you know, we find it amusing, too, so we don't. 
But on the other <laughs> hand, um, the hair dryer, the lawnmower, the weed blower, you know, the snap of my laptop closing sends him into circles. And it's not like he's chasing his tail. And um, I don't know if it's some kind of mental issue he's got because he's, you know, should have a working dog. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just something else I need to look into. Yeah. And, you know, we do see a lot of different of, of the collie breeds that can have some of these almost obsessive spinning behaviors. And it's something that, yes, they will do very commonly as part of an anxiety kind of component. Now, there can be some weird medical things that can cause that. Um, so there's a remote possibility we could be dealing with something like um, a hydrocephalus or lead poisoning or some other type of brain disease that could cause that. But especially if it's a situational trigger that are things that are you know either upsetting to him or that make him react, um, then I would say very likely we would want to address the behavioral part of it. And you kind of hit upon one big thing is that you know with these guys that have some of these anxiety problems, I like to get them a job, <laughs> get them something right. to do physical activity another thing we do we've got a um actual public dog park here in chattanooga and Mm -hmm. we'll take him down there and if there's like a whole lot of dogs you know about 10 or 15 he runs the whole perimeter of the dog park until he gets them all within a five maybe five or six foot radius circle and he just keeps running around making sure (laughs) nobody gets out of the back so So he's hurting them (laughs) that's exactly i mean so we know his job there and also um, we've got him on puppy Prozac. Mm. You do? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and was that intended for this purpose, uh, for the circling? I do think so. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you've already kind of worked with your veterinarian on this, and they prescribed that then? Yes. I mean, sometimes it calms him down, and, you know, sometimes he's just got to go, got to go, hyper-pursuit mode. It's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'd say it's really important when we're using a behavioral medicine for some of these anxiety-driven problems that we also work on the behaviors. So if you're kind of uh, encouraging these behaviors, um, you know, giving him positive reinforcement in any way of, you know, talking to him, you know, laughing with him when he's doing it, that is actually counterproductive to that drug therapy. So it's really important that we stop that and that we focus on practicing calm behaviors. So kind of the basis always falls back to behavior training, and that would be practicing sit, stay, downs, and, and having him hold those positions for gradually longer periods of time because that's kind of a... Um, uh, practices the calm behavior and it also gives him some duration so he kind of focuses on something and it's kind of like a kid with ADD you know we've got to kind of keep his attention at you and what you're asking him to do and not how he wants to react to some of these other right. things and then then when he's faced with um, that loud noise um, you know the laptop closing whatever it might be then we can practice those sit, sit down behaviors and try to direct his attention to that and not to his co- mechanism which is the spinning kind of thing so I would definitely work on that and the Prozac um, if you're using that are you using that consistently yes we give it to him um, in the afternoon when we give him his afternoon meal and um, that way it keeps him calm through the night and then he stays you know we put both our dogs in a crate while we're going to work during the day okay so we've got him crate trained I can tell him go get in his box and he knows exactly where to go 
And Good. we've also we've also got another dog. She's a Border Collie Australian Shepherd mix, and she's well behaved. I mean, we got her the Canine Good Citizen training as a pup, and done some obedience training with her, so she's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And Nitro, the Border Collie or the Shelty mix, he's a good dog too, minus the fact with his spinning obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I keep up with the you know the behavioral meds because I think that can really help. And in some pets, I'll also add in something else if they're faced with really bad situations, like if you know that there's going to be a lot of people around, things that might get him going. Um, I'll t- I'll touch him up with something like alprazolam, which is kind of in the Valium family, and we can use those for individual situations on top of the Prozac if necessary. Um, okay. Goal is to try to help him, not make him a drugged out dog, um, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I think you're, you're, you've got a lot of the, the right ideas. Um, just make sure the whole household is on game with that. And um, a lot of these spinners, <laughs> as we call them, um, we may not be able to cure them of that. We may still have some of that residual spinning. So there's a certain level that you kind of live with, um, and we just try to decrease their anxiety, help them become more focused, you know, a more relaxed pet, and, um, you know, better family member there. So... Hope that's of some help for you there. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Greg Rickhart from The Young and the Restless on Animal Radio, encouraging you to spay and neuter your pets. Thank you guys so much. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Did you know that your dog could have intestinal worms even if he's on a heartworm prevention program? For more complete protection, deworm your dog twice a year with broad-spectrum Safeguard Canine Dewormer. To find out more, visit www.safeguardfordogs.com. Okay, time to check out that website I heard about, www.safeguardfordogs.com. There it is. Hi, I'm Don. The virtual host is a nice touch. It looks like these links and videos cover everything a dog owner might want to know about intestinal worm infections and how to prevent them. Hmm, here's a savings coupon for Safeguard K90 Wormers and even an online reminder service. Better bookmark this one, www.safeguardfordogs.com. When I went looking for a quality allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and, most importantly, made sure it drove our dog's taste buds crazy. Here's the lowdown. Canine caviar is holistic, allergen-free, with raw dehydrated meats, herbs, fish oil, and flaxseed for health and joint support. Good food for Roscoe from a company I can trust. Ask your pet store for canine caviar. Learn more at caninecaviar.com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stand strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. 
Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. It's Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. Let me just say right now, the one week I go to Florida... It would be like the coldest weather they've ever had there. <laughs> In history. Maybe someone's trying to tell you something. I think so, Bobby. You would think I would have a tan by now. It's uh, nice yeah. to be back. How? Come on. Spending, oh, yeah, really, I can't tan. But I can tell you, no. spending a week with uh, with Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, is a, a feat in itself. you got to take a long We're time to recover. <laughs> We're going to nominate you for a medal for that. <laughs> Thank you. At least a, a pay raise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give on. yourself a raise, Hal. I believe is Vivian on the phone. I believe we have Vivian Cardona on the phone. Hi, Vivian. Hi. How are you doing? Okay, I want to. I got to tell you first of all, you checked out the flick last night. The DVD "All Roads Lead Home," and I remember you. You were such a cute little girl in beautiful minds. How old are you now? I'm turning 16 in two months. Whoa! Wow. Hey, listen. You're uh, driving, huh? Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. The, did you get your driver's license yet? Um, I actually have my permit right now. So you have to drive with somebody. 16 permit, right. But somebody has to be in the car with you, right? Yeah. And then when you turn 16, you can get your license. But I'm a little scared to drive, so I'm going to wait a little while longer. (laughs) Smart girl, Vivian. Very smart move. I see that you, uh, you live in Utah. Is that correct? Yes. What city? What city? Where in Utah? I'm in Sandy. Sandy. Is that up near Salt Lake? Yeah, it's uh, it's probably about I'd say forty-five minutes away from Salt Lake. I think it is not Ooh. very far away. And this Half is an hour, forty-five minutes. A great place to live if you have a lot of animals, huh? Oh yeah. You have a yeah. lot, don't you? What? How many animals do you have? What do you got there? It's a big, a big um, old list. Let's see. I have three dogs, two cats, three sugar gliders, two chinchillas, four horses. Um, I. Three geckos, and then I have some fish. <laughs> wow. Wait, Vivian, what's a sugar glider? A sugar glider is like a miniature flying squirrel. Wow. Just oh? So My, are those even like... That is so cool. You have those as pets? Yeah. <laughs> and do they fly around willy-nilly around your place? How does that work out? Well, we keep them in a cage, and then they just run around. They're actually nocturnal, so they'll sleep during the day, and then they get really loud during night. So it's a little hard for us to sleep. But <laughs> I would imagine. Now, I did, I've heard about people having these as pets. Are they, can you compare them to anything pet-wise? Um, I'm guessing they're kind of like... I don't even know how to explain them. They're kind of like mice, but... Um, they're just like, like I said, they're just like miniature flying squirrels, and they just, they just run around and stuff like that. And you can actually, if you um, take care of them and you have them always with you when they're little babies, they'll actually be very attached to you. So they'll usually, and they're small enough to fit in your coat pocket, or in your purse, and stuff like that. And they'll just like go around, and they're just so sweet. They're fun. They're but, a lot of fun. Do the sugar gliders get along with the chinchillas and the geckos? Um, no, <laughs> no. We keep them all in separate cages. 
I would think the sugar gliders would go after the chinchillas, and then the chinchillas after the geckos, and maybe the cats after the dogs. Okay, and, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. There. Don't give them any ideas, Hal. <laughs> what do they eat? They eat, um, they'll eat fruit. They eat little insects, little bugs and stuff. They just, they're just, just that usual stuff. We usually will give them fruit, and they we, they actually have like sugar glider food, little, um, I guess pellets for them. So. How cute is that? The movie that I saw last night just came out on DVD, All Roads Lead Home. Tell us a little bit about it. I know about it, but tell listeners that haven't seen it. Well, the, the whole message about the story is just basically it's all about second chances, and not just with animals. It's also with people, you know, just just like the title is All Roads Lead Home. So no matter how many obstacles you go through, you're always going to, find your way through those problems and just come together and it's the message is all about um animals and giving and uh all about um no kill clinics and just it's a really good movie it really is it's a great family film it's a real tearjerker i cried (laughs) well you see you see a lot of movies deliver a message this delivers several animal friendly messages not just one but several oh yeah Oh yeah, and you teach some good lessons in the end. Any movies on the on the horizon that you're working on? No, not right now. I'm just focusing on school. I'm a junior now, so I'm getting ready to graduate. Working on SAT practice and stuff like that. So oh, SATs, those are fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Vivian, have you have you? Can we talk college? Do you do you know where you want to go? Um. Well, right now, um. I'm kind of looking at a college in Switzerland. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's a small college, probably about, I'd say, 400 kids. And what they do is they'll, just, they'll take a group of um, college students, maybe like, I'd say, five, six, and they'll have a chaperone. They'll actually just go around Europe, and they'll study the different cultures there. Wow. And that's, I'm really interested in different cultures. And total immersion. And Switzerland is fabulous. I highly recommend it. Have you been there, Bobby? Oh, uh-huh, yes. Of course, Hal. I haven't been out of the country. <laughs> yes, they won't on. let you out of the country because then, consequently, they'd have to let you back in. Yeah, I guess that's the problem. <laughs> Vivian, I understand this movie was the last movie that Peter Boyle worked on. Yes. Yes, it was. He, do- he did a the phenomenal job in Boyle. that. What was that like working with him? He was the sweetest guy. Um, it, it, was, uh, it was a little sad to see because he had just had a stroke before, but he was a great guy, and I, I admired his work. I love I loved Young Frankenstein. My family's always watching that movie, and uh, I'd, always, I'd, uh, I'd always wanted to meet him. When I heard I was going to be able to, you know, work with him, I just totally, I was, I was freaking. I was so excited. And so I, I got to meet him, and he was a great guy. He's great. He was so funny, and his wife was so sweet, too. See, now, that is such a nice memory. Yes. I'd like to go ahead and actually give out ten copies of the movie right now. All Roads Lead Home, this DVD at one 405 8405 You can get this anywhere that a DVD is sold. You could rent it online through Netflix. You can get it uh, at Barnes & Noble, at Amazon.com, at Borders. All Roads Lead Home, a wonderful cast. And, of course, Vivian Cardone, who's joining us, the, pretty much the star of the show. I mean, the animals are there, but you're, you come in right behind them. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. Is it hard working with the animals? I understand uh, they don't 
necessarily always hit their mark? It was a bit of a struggle. There's there's a scene in the movie where I'm sitting um, I'm sitting in the grass and I'm reading to the dogs and the puppies just kept running this way and that this way and that so we had to keep rounding them up next to me. It was adorable, <laughs> but they were they were good for the most part. <laughs> well, we're going to keep in touch with you. Let us know if anything fun happens on the horizon, any movies that you're working on, and let us know what you're going to major in. And let us know if you get accepted to, to school in 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 Switzerland. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hold on one Good second. Good luck on there. your SATs. Thank you. <laughs> Vivian Cardone joining us. one 405 8405 Her website, com, and it's spelled V-I-V-I-E-N-C-A-R-D-O-N-E.com. Links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. More Animal Radio on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. All right, it's Vinny Penn coming at you with another Party Animal segment on Animal Radio. Uh, i got to tell you something. I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, so I'm not going to mention any names, but... The other day I was over a friend of mine's house who's got this great dog, and I was there for a while, and I noticed that the house was very quiet. Uh, and I, I noticed something was off. Let me just put it that way. It was about three degrees out. So finally, after being there for about 20 minutes, it, it dawned on me. I'm like, hey, the dog, man. You know, where's your dog? And he's like, oh, he's outside. He was driving me crazy. Just put the dog outside. And I couldn't believe it. I said, dude, it's like three degrees out. I mean, we're breaking records here. I mean, you're looking at the map on Good Morning America. It's a sh- the whole country, the whole right side of the map, a, a, a shade of blue I've never seen before. You're putting your dog outside, and he points to the doghouse. And I know that, you know, dogs stayed out back in the old days, like a little house on the prairie and whatnot. But, but this doghouse was like a HUD doghouse. I mean, it was condemned. Seriously. There was like police tape around it. Uh, and thanks to me, I got the dog back in the house. And then we just got off into some tangent where he was complaining about his marriage and this and that. And, oh, my, you know, we haven't been getting along. You know, we haven't been intimate in months. The dog's always running the room, this and that. You know, I can't take it anymore. I want to have some set. And I'm thinking, well, good. Part of you is blue, too. Vinny Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Better behaved pets through chemistry. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for the Veterinary News Network. People with anxious pets eagerly seek out anything that might reduce the barking, howling, chewing, house soiling. Many have tried the recently introduced products containing pheromones. These are sprays and plug-ins aimed at calming anxious pets. Separation anxiety affects 15% of the nation's 74 million dogs. Separation anxiety also affects cats, although it's not as noticeable because cats tend to be less noisy and destructive when they express anxiety. Veterinarians see a lot of dogs with separation anxiety and firework and thunderstorm phobias. Anxiety is an underlying issue in a significant portion of aggression also. So just how much do these pheromone-based products help? It's debatable. 
Experts do not believe they are very effective. Used in combination with behavior modification and on selected cases, they may have some usefulness. A disadvantage of the Firmone products is their cost. It's a little more expensive than medication in most cases. The upfront cost for the spray or diffuser ranges from $20 to $40, and refills are $15 to $20. Could Firmone therapy help your pet? It's possible. But you have to be willing to try to figure out why your pet is anxious in the first place. Few cases of anxiety-related behavior problems are successfully resolved without behavior therapy. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio, and remember to spay the new to your pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. The Fountain of Youth may be in your furry four-legged friend. Studies continually show pet owners have lower cholesterol and triglyceride levels, lower blood pressure, reduced stress, fewer minor ailments, and better psychological well-being. Director of the Center for Human-Animal Interaction at Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine, Sandra Barker, said many studies show how a link between positive impact to the pets and on cardiovascular health, adding, quote, we're just at the tip of the iceberg in looking at the health benefits of pets. And April showers may bring May flowers. They also bring foxtails. Veterinarians are once again warning pet owners to be on the lookout for the spring sprouts of foxtails and other birds that will attach themselves to pets or people or just about anything that gets close enough. Foxtails get into dogs' ears, their eyes, their noses, and any part of the dog or cat's skin. In some cases, vets have had to perform surgery to remove the dried seed pods deeply embedded in the ears of dogs and cats. Owners can use an herbicide to reduce the number of weeds, but vets recommend not allowing pets into treated areas until that product has dried. When keepers at the Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens recently locked up their otter enclosure for the night, they took a head count and there was only one otter there. The next morning there were two. And no, the other otter did not give birth. Turns out a wild North American river otter broke into the zoo and decided to move into the otter enclosure. The zoo's mammals curator, Craig Miller, said, quote, We get birds or squirrels coming in, of course, but never this. That's quote. so funny. I know. <laughs> and state, state regulations in Florida prohibit zoos from keeping wild animals. So this cute little imposter who broke in and thought he was going to have a nice, cush life, uh-huh. yeah, they, they relocated him to a nearby river. He's Aww. back on the end zone. He's no more free food, no more free ride for him. <laughs> I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Simple Solution, with a tip for pet messes. For liquid spills or urine stains, blot up the excess by starting on the outside of the stain, then move toward the center of the affected area. This will prevent the stain from spreading. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's Animal Radio, and your dream team of experts here to answer your questions. And I gotta say, it's a small studio, and that dog can do a silent but deadly one. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're telling me, or was that you? Well, why I, I was going to say, I think he's blaming the wrong one yeah. there. No, 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 no. That's why I'm sharing the microphone with you, Doc, is because he did it over, she did it over by, by, my, by my microphone. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the phones. Someone save us. We have Rick. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Where are you calling from? I'm, I'm in my truck in uh, Indiana I'm on my way up to Minnesota. <laughs> do you travel with your animals? I sure do. Just just one. I have a three-year-old Cocker Spaniel. Uh-huh. And he's, he's a good little one. <laughs> so what's going on with him? Is he healthy? Is everything okay? Yeah, he's, he's healthy. I just have one little problem with him. He's... Um, He's, we don't go home too often, but he doesn't really like my wife. And, no. Uh, <laughs> and um, he he kind of takes uh, every opportunity to find something of hers and lift his leg on it. And I was wondering oh <laughs> if you had any suggestions on, on how to keep him from doing that. <laughs> Yikes. That's uh, that's horrible. I mean, what's your wife said about this whole thing? Well, they don't like each other. <laughs> she doesn't like him that much, and he doesn't like her at all. <laughs> oh, so. no, was he was he added on after or before you were married? Oh, no, we've been married 35 years. He's he's only, uh, and, and he hasn't been around her much because he's always in the truck with me. Okay, I see. Is your doggy, is he neutered? No, he isn't. Okay. So when he comes back and you guys are back into the home environment, um, he urinates on her objects. Does he ever kind of show any aggression to her? Any kind of snapping, growling, anything like that? No, no. He 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 does doesn't like her to get real near to me. You know, he's sort of a uh, um, uh, you know, he's pretty protective of me. So does he on those occasions? Will he growl at her, or what does he do? No, no, he just kind of gets between us, and he kind of mm. jumps around. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he's not. Does real. the body block, as I call it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so without getting into marriage counseling here, I think that the the, the biggest thing that we're we're going to really need to work out is is really how you recognize uh, his role in the family when you three are together. Um, because he's kind of doing his job, and especially with with not being neutered, um, he's going to have more desire to make known his territory. Um, and when he returns to the home, you know he's he's feeling the need to say, "This is the boundary of my house, and I'm going to defend it." And you know, this is where people don't cross this line. And um, especially since you know he may not be spending a lot of time with your wife, we need to try to bridge that. Um, so my first recommendation would be to see your nearby local veterinarian and take care of those two little things hanging down between the legs. <laughs> it's so important for their health, too. you got to know it's so important. People think it's just for population control. It's all about health, isn't it, Doc? It is. It is. And I make light of it, but it, it is definitely about health, and it, it's about making um, him a better family member um, because some of these things, and I can tell you my own dog, I resisted neutering him. I wanted him to get big, muscular, and maybe breed him at one point. Oh, gosh, I didn't yeah. say that. Um, but yeah, well, I resisted I was, that. I was thinking about that, too. I, I was, he's a AKC. And I was I was thinking about breeding him because he really does have a nice disposition most of the time. 
Well, um, you know what? I, I think there's a lot of people that there's great personality dogs out there, but, you know, this is a quirk that he has, and I don't know if it's really a great trait that I'd want to be passing on to other dogs. Um, but as far as neutering, yes, absolutely. I think that would be a great thing for making him a little bit more trainable that way and to try to tamp, damper down some of this desire to, to mark his territory. The hard thing is when he's back home, we really need to try to keep him in wraps and keep him close because if he has unsupervised time where he can go around and mark her belongings or elsewhere in the home, then that's a problem. And we need to keep him either restricted in certain areas where you're supervising him um, or really keep him confined. She should be the one who feeds him. She should be the one who um, really is a, becomes a major caretaker when he's home and to try to work on kind of fostering that bond. Sounds, sounds good. Now, if you had only been married a year, I'd say get rid of the wife. But 35 years, that's, yeah, that sounds like it's going to stick. Hal has got that solution to everyone, so. <laughs> that sounds good. All right. All right. Thank you for the call, Rick. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Uh, we have Susan on the phone. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Where are you calling from? Uh, Washington, North Carolina. Washington, North Carolina. Is getting a lot of rain today? Oh, we're, it's just starting to rain a little bit. Yeah, you're getting our leftovers here. It's uh, it apparently slamming the whole country there. Is it it sounds there? like it. Yeah. I have a 12-year-old Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, who is okay. everything wonderful that the breed is known for. Except I love for the breed. One, yeah, I love the breed, too. Yeah. The only problem I've had with my dog, and I think I'm about 11 years too late on this, but I, I, I just wanted to ask you, he is a compulsive licker. He will lick pants, shoes, hairs, face. He'll even sit there and lick the hair. And is what can I do? Now, you said you're about 11 years too late. He's done this his whole life, I'm assuming? He has, but it has gotten worse as he's aged. Well, my experience with uh, King Charles is that they are obsessive lickers, and just about every one that I see come into my office um, is a, a well-known licker. Um, everything, oh, even really? during the yes, even during my office visit and examining them, I've got a you know a tongue going in my eyeball um, because they are just <laughs> very much yeah. the licking breed. So part of that, you know, kind of fits to the breed. Now, there, there are dogs where we'll see that this can be a source of uh, attention seeking behavior um, and that can sometimes be anxiety driven or they just enjoy the sensation of licking things for a lot of dogs they lick either people or objects because they know they get some kind of rile out of us you know we shout we say stop it or you know we look at them and give them some kind of either visual or um, auditory you know uh, uh, correction on that so the trick, and it's hard to change things now, but the trick is really not to um, allow that licking to direct your attention. Um, if that licking behavior starts, you are pretty much you should get up and leave the room. Um, that ceases, that activity ceases your contact with him. And um, it's hard at this time for that to come across, but but you can do it. And it just takes a matter of once that happens, now you might feel like you're walking away from your dog all the time. Yeah. Um, but we want to try to minimize that way that we might be kind of uh, uh, asserting that behavior. 
Now, the other things that I would do is I would add in some opportunities where this licking behavior can find an outlet. Because, like I said, I think the breed has a strong lick desire, and it's just there. I think they need, like, a doggy lollipop, (laughs) if you will. Um, But you can make um, some different lick items, um, you know, Kong toys. You can put peanut butter in there. Um, They make a type of a doggy um, ice cream substitute, which is a good outlet for that licking behavior. So things like that where you can kind of let him have his fun and, um, you know, give your arm, your chair, your house a break and, uh, you know, stop that licking. Well, that's that's a great idea. Do you think that smart would carry anything like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and what you're basically looking for are things that are hard for an animal to necessarily eat right off the bat. So things like peanut butter-based uh, dog treats um, and a lot of the different toys where you add in either the cheesy spray or the, the doggy peanut butter, those kind of things that you put inside and make them work a little bit. It gives them mental stimulation, and then it gives them an outlet for that tongue activity. So, um, okay. you know, hopefully that'll help you out and uh, stop that lick or at least give you a little break from it because it does get a bit overwhelming. I can accept anything in, in him because I love him, but my friends find it rather annoying, so I will try this. Yes, well, give it a try, and I hope it works out for you, Susan. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio at one 405 Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. When I went looking for a quality allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and most importantly, made sure it drove our dog's taste buds crazy. Here's the lowdown. Canine caviar is holistic, allergen-free, with raw dehydrated meats, herbs, fish oil, and flaxseed for health and joint support. Good food for Roscoe from a company I can trust. Ask your pet store for canine caviar. Learn more at caninecaviar.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. 
And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Uh, on the line, we have Kim Saunders from PetFinder.com. If you don't know how PetFinder.com started, it was a fairly grassroots organization putting together a bunch of adoption agencies and shelters in one place on the Internet so people could go and find animals via the zip code. They were really the originators of doing that. There's a lot of other sites that do that now, but they're really the originators. And then they've become bigger and better as they've, they've gotten their own TV show now and become a part of Discovery Networks. Kim Saunders has been with them the whole time. Kim, are you still with them now? I am. I thought so because I saw this book here. It's an awesome book, The Adopted Dog Bible, and apparently you wrote it. I did, and thank you for having me on, Hal. It's a beautiful book about just about everything you need to know about adopting an animal. That's right. That's, that's our hope is we try to put everything in one place together. We offer a lot of resources on the website, but this way it's a one-stop shopping sort of thing for everything you need to know from the time you first start to even think about adopting all the way through the process, and then continuing on with your life with your dog. What is the TV show that you have on Animal Planet? Is it called Pet Finder? It is. It's called Pet Finder, and we actually, it was our season, our first season was last year. Right now it's not continuing, but it may come back in the future. Okay, but definitely everything you've learned during that show covered in this book here. Absolutely, and, and the whole idea of the show is very similar to what we talk about in the book, which was just trying to match the right dog with the right family, you know, making sure that that it was a, a lifestyle match so that it would last forever. Now and we, i got to say, Kim, that that is definitely one of the biggest things that, um, as a veterinarian, I, I have problems with seeing folks that have the wrong pet for their lifestyle. So I am thrilled that you have this resource, and people definitely need to take advantage of that and save a life, adopt, and find the right pet for your home. Speaking of somebody looking for a pet for their home, the big uh, that big white house. That's right. <laughs> next month, they, they've decided to hold off until next month on this one here. Do you do you know already, Judy? What kind of dog you look? You're looking at me like you know, but yeah, I, well, not the dog. There's they're they're down to about two of them. Two, two dogs. Of dogs. What, what kind of dogs are they? You want me to tell you? Yes, the Portuguese water dog or the Labradoodle. That's right. Ooh, okay. And neither of them are really hypoallergenic, are there? Because there's really no, no such, such thing. No such thing, but uh, they're, they're one of the least, I guess, that produce the dander that most people are allergic to. Is that true, Doc? It, it is. That plus the, it's the saliva as well, so kind of a combination of things there. Okay, well, they're choosing a dog. They've spent a lot of time. Of course, they have, probably have a lot of resources to find a dog. Of course, this dog will be probably the most famous dog in history. But when you're, when you're looking for a dog, there's a lot of things that you should know, and it's definitely covered here in the book. You need to find a dog that accompanies your lifestyle. It's all here in this book here, the Adopted Dog Bible. It's a great book. We love it. Well, thank you. We were very excited to see that the president's family is doing exactly what we ask every family to do, which is exactly what you said. They're taking their time doing their research, finding out what dog matches their lifestyle, and they decided to wait until after, you know, they started the new job, moved into the new house, got the kids in school. Uh, they're really doing everything right, so hopefully their dog will be a perfect match for their family. Let's give out ten copies of the book now, The Adopted Dog Bible, from PetFinder.com and written by Kim Saunders, the forward by Betsy Saul, 1-866-405-8405. And you can, this is on the Collins Press, so you can get this anywhere. It's, I understand it's a bestseller. Yeah, it's been selling really well since it came out, which we're very excited about because we figure that just means more happy people with more happy dogs. So if it's not in the store, ask them to get it. They've probably sold out. It's the Adopted Dog Bible. 1-866-405-8405. Kim, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. 
Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You know, a few minutes ago we were talking about dog bites. It's an epidemic in America, isn't it, Bloody? It is, it is. And uh, we have about 5 million dog bites in this country alone. Dogs bites Americans more than any other nation in the world. one 405 Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Lori. Hi, Lori. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you today? Splendid. Where are you calling from? I am a truck driver, and right now I'm going uh, through Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee? Yes. Well, you are on with Vlade. Now, Vlade, you, you, you used to know Elvis, didn't you? No. From Memphis. You didn't uh, know Elvis? Yes. Yes, he was. Yeah, Elba, yeah, he's like was very handsome man. Yes, <laughs> yes, he was, and okay, he loved dogs. Sounds like me. That's what I know. Oh, that's what you know. Those are the similarities. Well, Lori, you are on with Vladi, the world famous Russian dog wizard. Lori, do you like do you like our show? Oh yeah, I listened to it um, last week, and it was marvelous. I'm addicted. Oh, you are addicted. So, yeah. do you like the Vladi? Oh, I sure do, and I'm hoping you can help me out with my dog problem. Okay, I will do, but just stay, so everybody, so right now millions of people listen to you. Say, I love Lottie. I love Lottie. Thank you. Now you can give me a question. I'll give you an answer. <laughs> what? It's a Russian bribe. It's a piola. It's a Russian way. Go ahead. Yes. Okay, I, uh, um, I rescued a little dog. He was about six months old, and um, God bless I had your heart. him... Uh, I had him neutered and, and got him back to health. And my question is, he's now four, uh, and um, I just don't understand why he's always wanting to hump other male dogs. So he has a sexual, uh, he is a, uh, wrong, has a wrong orientation, or he does it for the males or for females? For, for whom? I'm just curious. I, I, I don't know. Is there such thing as a gay dog? I don't know. Uh, sorry. No. Yeah. <laughs> no so he's humping female or male? Come on. Or every dog. And that's all he wants is a male dog. He's humping males, Vlade. Yeah. Okay. He's humping males. Okay. Okay, yeah. guys. <laughs> okay. Um, I never heard about I mean, sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes people tell about gays and the dog culture and such and such. I don't believe in that type of the thing. Yeah. The sexual overactivities and second, just sometimes has nothing to do to the sexuality and has to do to the dominance. So I would definitely address the cause and after that I would definitely uh, deal with the symptoms. I would enroll him in the good class of the dog training. I would not yeah. do the private training in your situation. Find good, great, like conventional way of the dog training, like conventional trainers. Check uh, dogpro.org in your area, dogpro.org, and uh, get a good trainer who would uh, do the great classes in your area. So you're going to kill two birds with one stone. Number one, it's a Russian expression, sorry. Sorry, hell, sorry, Judy. We use that uh, too here in America. Yeah, okay, good. So uh, number one, one bird would be you establishing your self-control over your dog. Number two, 
you will expose him to a lot of dogs and uh, you will establish self-control. A lot of times my clients say, well, you know, Vladi, the dogs behave, but there is never dogs. The dogs have certain instincts. Nothing you can do about that, especially when sexual instincts. Excuse me, people, I also have a sexual instincts. When I walk down the street and I, I have a, I see the beautiful woman down the street, you know what, I want to jump on her too, but I have self-control. So your dog must have self-control too. So the obedience training there is nothing you can do yourself enroll in the classes in the group classes and that's that is going to happen your dog will be around a group of the dogs but he cannot do anything because he will be corrected and he will used to be around another dogs males or females without anything doing in return it's like with the man being on the neuter nude neuter beach you know and in the, in the nude beach, nude nude beach. beach yes okay. in the beginning it's <laughs> And after that, it's nothing. It's just nothing. So, and after that, when you do this, I would give you, give you my secret, uh, for success to stop him from jumping as far as giving you aspirin for this headache. You can use the objects flying through the air as far as shaking can or mystical acoustic bag with the very tiny, very little, uh, which now you have to toss at the dog's shoulder blade as you make the noise. Ah, boom, like tap on the shoulder. Hey, hey. What, what you doing here? Um, you can see how to do that from my uh, online video on 911dogwizard.com. 911dogwizard.com, dogwizard.com. You go to the online video section and see how that price, it's nothing is cruelty involved. It's not tossing on the dog's stones or it's a very, it's a duplicating way how the dog's snapping each other by the shoulder blade. That's, we just using the items like, uh, like transferable teeth. Um, so it's, it sounds easy, it's not, just look at that. Or, like I said, CO2 a tire inflator. Any bicycle store has it. It's going to be very easy for you because you are the truck driver. You push the button, it's emit, you know, that, that type of the uh, yeah, reaction. Yeah. And you're not yeah. going to be scared and jumps back and you say, good boy, and praise him. And you know what? He will try to hump another man. Oh, excuse me, male, <laughs> five times, and five times you need to stop it, and if you win five consecutive battles on this issue, you okay. will win the okay. war on that issue. And thank you, Colette, for listening Animal Radio, and um, thank you for listening Vladi, which is the best show on Animal Radio ever. Okay, thank you. Hold thank on, Colette. Uh, hold on, Lori. We're going to get you one of uh, Vladdy's DVDs, which anyone can get. At, but get, 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 get. Vladdy's talking What's a little bit of Russian. Did you have some vodka, hell? <laughs> you can get I Vladdy. sent you a couple of bottles yesterday, uh, one week ago. I guess you try. Don't do it uh, at your work. In, even in Russia, we never drink the vodka as we work. Uh, okay. Unless you're not trained well. Uh, well you know, See, I train well. I have vodka right now, but I train well. For me, it's nothing. You wouldn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. I know. I noticed, of course, because you can't even connect two words today. <laughs> How long have I been in the business? Well, Lori, we're going to send you one of the DVDs that Vladi has put together. And, of course, anyone can order those at 911dogwizard.com. And, of course, we link to everything that you hear on today's show at animalradio.com. How's that, Vladi? Good boy. Good boy. Now we can have a vodka.
This is Animal Radio Network.